our entire being is fashioned as an instrument of praise. An instrument maker refines each string, each curve of wood, to produce a sound of perfection. God has tailor-made our bodies, our souls, and our spirits to harmonize and produce pleasing expressions of praise and worship. As we use our bodies to express praise, all that's within us is made visible. When I was 15 years old, my mother was murdered, and I witnessed my stepfather shooting her in the heart, and then he shot himself in the head. And I, as a 15-year-old girl, I held my mama as she died. And it put me in a bed of depression for many years where I would medicate with sleeping pills to take the pain away. It had reached a climax in our home, and I told my husband, I said, you need to admit me in a mental hospital, or you need to pray for your wife, because I felt like I snapped. He knelt down beside me and prayed, and he packed up our family of four, and he moved us to a little town 16 hours away called Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. He enrolled in Rama, and I enrolled in Victory Bible College to the School of Worship program, where I began to learn what it means to live a lifestyle of worship and surrender to God. God showed me how to get out of that bed of depression. The Holy Spirit inside of me said, Loretta, you need to release him. And he was saying, you need to release the man that shot and killed your mom. And with the Holy Spirit's help, I came in agreement with that word that day, and I released healing. And it's like 10,000 pounds lifted off of me forever. <laughs> Praise you, Jesus. One year ago, be June 2015, 28 years after the murder of my mom, I'm in my kitchen. And keep in mind, I had been an usher and a greeter. We had done connect groups, been a con in a connect group for six years. But I was feeling a pull on my heart to give God 100%. You see, there's a difference between giving God 98 or 99, because something can still pull you back. In my case, it was fear. What are people gonna think? Because there was a day I couldn't look men in the eyes. But that day in my kitchen, I said, God, I give you everything. I give you all of me, and if you will bring opportunities back around in my life, I'll do my very best to obey you. It wasn't weeks, and somebody came knocking on my front door, and they said, Loretta, I have been waiting for the opportunity to bless your life. Would you know they had a cashier check in their hand? And they had a wad of $100 bills, all for the sake of a dream that I had inside of me for years, and that was to record a worship CD. So I recorded 12 songs in a studio, and from there a ball started rolling, and I was invited on two television programs to share my songs and my testimony. 
Then some had said, Loretta, let's go to Nashville. I'll pay your way. And they took me to a, a broadcasting convention, which was huge. From there, God had put a vision in my heart to do a music CD or music video. And it was astounding the amount of people that got on board. There were 50 people showed up to volunteer their time to help me produce a, a music video. And from there, somebody texted me two months ago and they said, Loretta, God has touched my heart. I usually, I usually charge for this, but I am supposed to pay for you to publish your first book. I've never wrote a book. This is one year this has all happened. This is from surrendering your life 100% to God, not 98 or 99, but giving God everything. I am Loretta Smale, and a life, lifestyle of worship, totally surrendered to God, has changed my life. Praise God, praise God. Come on, give Loretta Smale a big hand. What a powerful testimony. If you knew half of it, it was a miracle for her to stand up today. And she had a hard time even looking anybody in the eyes. And in fact, a couple years ago, God did a work in her life as a greeter, learning to just look people in the eyes and talk to people. So for her to stand in front of this large of a crowd and give that testimony is a powerful miracle. Why don't y'all stand up on your feet this morning? We are in a series right now called Hollywood Be Thy Name. It is a series about worship and what worship does in your life. And maybe you know what you think all there is to know about worship, but this month we're rediscovering what the scriptures have to say, what worship is really all about. The songs that we sing, when we talk about worship, what are we really talking about? And so Lord, I pray right now, God, as all of us are standing in this room, that you would just open our hearts, our ears, our eyes to hear your voice. God, that even people who are here today who don't know you, maybe don't even believe in you, someone who's watching on TV, watching from the computer screen, God, that today, during these next few minutes, Lord, that you would speak to people, and Lord, that their hearts would be open to know what it really means to believe in God, to worship God, and have that relationship with God. In Jesus' name. Now, let's say this together. Say, I'm here on purpose because I have a purpose. My heart is open. My mind is ready to receive because God is not finished with me yet. My best days, my very best days are right in front of me and I have victory in my life because Jesus lives in me. Give somebody a high five. Say, I'm so glad I get to sit by you this morning. Praise God powerful testimony. How many of y'all are still waiting to get your electricity turned back on? Did anybody lose their electricity this week during the storm? Okay, yeah. Did you know there were 80,000 homes without electricity in the Tulsa area after Thursday's storm? I mean, it was wild. We lost electricity. Our whole neighborhood lost it. And, and I got to thinking this past week, what do you do when you lose your power? How do you get your power? See, a preacher sees everything through the lens of a sermon. But I started to see there is a way to get your power back on. There's a way to get your power back. And it comes through praise and worship. So we're going to flip the switch on the devil this morning. And where he's been trying to bring stress and worry and depression and anger and hatred and fear in our nation, we're going to flip the switch and we're going to get our power back by turning our praise and worship up to the Lord. Turning our worries into worship, our stress into praise. You ready for it, church? I've already started preaching if you're waiting for the sermon. Hey, if you got a Bible, we're going to go to John chapter 4, verse 23. And if you don't have a Bible, no worries. We're going to put it up on the screen for you. But John chapter 4, there's this conversation happening between Jesus and this Samaritan woman. 
Now, she didn't really believe in the same stuff that he believed in. He was part of the Jewish community. They had their own beliefs. She was part of a different community. They had their own beliefs. And she sees him at this well. He sees her. They start talking about water. Water is mentioned nine times. And then all of a sudden, the conversation moves from water to worship. Worship is mentioned nine times. Are we talking about water? Or are we talking about worship? Is worship water? Is water worship? What if God is thirsty for our worship and our worship is water to him? And what if worship to God actually gives life to our soul? Are we talking about worship or water? Here, this is what Jesus says right here in John 4, verse 23. He says, the time is coming. Indeed, the time is here right now. When true worshipers, do we have any true worshipers in the house this morning? When true worshipers will worship the Father, now the Father he's talking about is God, that God is our Father, that will worship God the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father is looking for those who will worship him that way because God is spirit, so those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. I've always wondered what that meant, in spirit and in truth. And I started to study that more and realized that to worship God in spirit, first of all, we can't see God. So to worship him in spirit is to worship by faith. It's a soul thing. It's a thing right here in our spirit to believe that there is a God, that there's a God who loves me, that this word of God is true, that what God says in this word is true for my life. So when I'm worshiping him, I'm worshiping him from my spirit, which is a faith thing, but then in truth. In our church, we sing a lot of songs, and over the years, my mom, I've watched her as we would sing a song, and she would say, hold on, are we singing a feeling-based song, or are we singing a word-based song? Because a feeling-based song isn't really the truth, but a word-based song is the truth. So when we worship God, we want to worship him according to what the word says, not according to what our heart or our feelings or our emotions are thinking about God. So when you worship him in spirit and in truth, you're worshiping him from a place of faith that there's a God who loves me. I'm worshiping him from my spirit. It's that motive of the heart. It's, it's not just lip service, but it's believing in God. And then in truth, that there's this truth in God's word that God is who he says he is. And this morning, God wants to get you worshiping him in spirit and in truth. Another part of it is that our worship is reflected in our lifestyle. You know, a lot of us, we think worship is just a song, that worship happens when the music starts at 11 a.m. And for the, for the latecomers at 11.16 or whenever you come in. <laughs> but worship happens not just when the music is playing. Worship happens when we obey God. Worship is a lifestyle. Loretta Smale, she's sharing her testimony about she learned the lifestyle of worship, serving God, loving her family, forgiving people who had hurt her, forgiving her stepfather who had murdered her mom, that those things, those actions were actually worship songs to God. That you can worship God simply by loving other people, by being obedient to God's word. There was this church in England in the early 1990s that was experiencing just a drought in their church. People didn't really engage in the worship. Nobody was lifting their hands. Nobody was singing the songs. In fact, a lot of people would sit down during the service, during the worship time. They wouldn't even stand. And the pastor got to thinking. He said, it's not that our band is bad. We have professional musicians up here. I mean, these guys are skilled musicians. We have a great sound system. It's not that our sound system is messed up. We've got a great sound system. We have a beautiful auditorium. We're singing uh, contemporary songs. Why isn't our church getting into this? And God just spoke to his heart that they've missed the heart of worship, that they, they've somehow missed out on what worship is really all about. So the pastor went to the band and he said, hey guys, we appreciate you. Thank you for your services, but we're gonna take a break from the musical instruments for a while. They just looked at him like, what? And he said, "Now nah, we're gonna take a break. He told his church, I'm, I'm moving. He moved the whole sound system out of the church. No microphones, no band, no drums, no keys, no mic, nothing, no singers. And they sang a cappella for several weeks. He said, I'm not putting a time limit on this. We're gonna learn how to really worship God without all the stuff. And there's nothing wrong with the stuff. Like it's great stuff. But if worship becomes about the stuff, then we've missed out on what the heart of worship really is. If you think worship is about who's playing the guitar, 
or who's on the drums or whether the band is that good or whether the sound system has the perfect volume for you or whether the lighting is exactly right. That's not what worship is about. And he said, we're gonna learn how to really worship. And so the church just started singing a cappella. He said, something changed in our church. Revival started happening. We started really worshiping God for who he is and not for what band was up there, what songs they were singing. Y'all are looking at me like, is Paul about to do this to us? I, I won't, unless God tells me. But, but something changed. There was this guy who was part of the church. His name was Matt Redman, and he was listening to the pastor talking about all this stuff. God started just speaking to him. He just started teaching him how to really worship. He said, I remember going home one day, and I hadn't really written that many songs at all, Hopefully this works. Somebody help me, Jesus' name. We're gonna edit this out later. <laughs> you guys get the raw stuff right here. Come on, somebody. Come on, 11 a.m. service. Yes, it works. He said, I pulled out my acoustic guitar. I was in my room and um, he said, I just started thinking about those words that the pastor was talking about, that worship really happens when the music stops. And he said, all my life I had thought worship only happens when the music is going. And he said, I started to just sing these words that God began to speak to my heart. Little did I know the song would end up being recorded and picked up by integrity music and then sung around the world. So many people know this song, but I wanna just sing it for you this morning. This is what he said. When the music fades and all is stripped away and I simply come longing just to bring something that's a word that will bless your heart I'll bring you more than a song a song in itself is not what you have required you search much deeper within through the way things appear you're looking into my heart I'm coming back to the heart of and it's all about you. Yes, it's all about you, Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing I made it. When it's all about you. Yes, it's all about you. Oh, it's all about you. Yes, it's all about you. He said, when I began to sing those words, something shifted in my heart. I realized worship is not about me. Worship is not about the church. Worship is not about the band, but worship is about Jesus. The heart of worship is about Jesus. And Jesus is with us everywhere we go. Jesus told his disciples, I will be with you everywhere you go, which means that I can worship Jesus anywhere that I am that there's not an inappropriate time or place to worship God, that I can worship him in the shower, I can worship him in my car, I can worship Jesus in my office, I can worship Jesus when the music fades, I can worship him in the kitchen, I can worship Jesus anywhere I am. I can go outside for a walk and have a worship service just thanking God for who he is. Why don't you take 10 seconds to just worship Jesus without the music? Lord, we thank you that you're worthy of all our praise. God, you're awesome. You're mighty to save. Lord, I thank you that you're my redeemer, my savior. Lord, thank you for loving me. Thank you for forgiving me. You know what God spoke to me this past week? He said, Paul, so many people are allowing a spirit to steal their worship. There is, a, there is a spirit that's rampant in the world. And when you're not a Christian, you don't really recognize what the spirit is. You just know, when I'm gonna say what the word is, you know that that exists. And God said, it's a spirit called stress. 
And you know what God began to just tell me? He said, worship is the defeater of stress. Worship defeats stress. When you begin to worship, stress, stress has to bow. Stress can't stay in an attitude of praise. The antidote to, to stress, the, the, the uh, medicine to stress is praise. It's praise and worship. It's shifting your focus off what you're worried about, turning your worries into worship, turning your anxiety into praise. See, when you're watching the news, the news can get you stressed. What's going to happen? What's going on? What's happening in Turkey? What's happening in our nation? What's going on in Israel? What's happening in, whoa, 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 whoa. And, and then the economy, God, what about the oil and gas industry? What about churches? And what about, and, and I, I get, stress comes to pastors too. Even this last week, I was starting to think about the can you see it vision. And you know what? We just turned on some worship music and I began to worship and man, the stress just went away. And afterwards I was like, God, I am so confident in you that he who began this work will be faithful to complete it. If God births a vision, God will fulfill it. And I think sometimes the devil rides on stress to get people to do sinful things. Stress is a leading cause to sin. Because when, well, stress is a sin, by the way, because when anything but faith, when you begin to worry, you're, you're no longer trusting in Jesus, which is a sin. But stress causes people to do irrational things, to steal, to kill to, to uh, slander, to lie, to be deceitful. Stress leads people to do things they wouldn't normally do, to cuss. Stress leads people to get angry at their spouse. Stress leads you to get angry at your parents, angry at your children. Stress is what's trying to stop you from praising. But I think we ought to flip the switch on the devil this morning. See, this last week, I was with a group of friends and, and family members, and we were celebrating my brother's birthday, and we were out on the lake. And one of the kids had hit the kill switch on the boat. And so we couldn't, for some, we didn't realize it, but we kept trying to start the boat. And we're, you know, we're stranded. We're out in the water. We're like, why won't it start? Why won't it start? One of the kids had hit the, so in order to get it to start again, we had to flip the switch back on. Once the switch was flipped, then the power could work. You could turn the boat on. Here's what the devil tries to do. The devil tries to hit the kill switch in your life. And the only way you're gonna get the power back on is if you'll flip the switch. How do you flip the switch? By lifting up praise and worship to Jesus. Shifting your focus off of the problems, off of the worries, off of the circumstances, and back on to Jesus. That he's worthy of praise. That, he's, that nothing is impossible. That God is for us and not against us. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says, in all circumstances, give thanks to God. It doesn't say for all circumstances. It doesn't say uh, because of all the circumstances. God is not the author of your circumstances, but if you'll learn to praise him in the middle of those circumstances, you can flip the switch on the enemy. You can get your power back on. You can get your power back in your life. The enemy wants to keep you depleted of energy, depleted of rest, depleted from worship. But if you will choose to worship even when you don't feel like it, the heart of worship is worshiping Jesus, not just when you feel like it, but even when you don't. There was a man by the name of Henry who, he had really grown up in church, but he didn't know God. He had known about God, but he didn't know God for himself. He said, when I was in college, I started noticing something was going wrong with my eyes. At age 19, I went to the doctor and I found out I had a degenerative eye disease that I was losing sight in both my eyes. And he said, by the time I graduated college, I had had this encounter with Jesus. And he said, I decided I wanted to go to seminary. I wanted to study, wanted to know more about God. After seminary, I wanted to go in ministry, but I was almost completely blind. I couldn't find jobs, couldn't work at very many places, very few people would hire me. He said, finally, I went completely blind and I was a lay person in my church. I was volunteering in Virginia at my church working odd jobs, just trying to work anywhere I could. And he said, I remember my pastor was preaching from 2 Corinthians, and he began to talk about how Jesus became like us so that we could become like him. That he became like us, he became one of us so that we could become like him. And he said, those words just kept resounding. He said, God really healed me from a heart of depression and started giving me just an attitude of gratitude. 
And the song that he wrote, I always thought this song was written around a Thanksgiving table with a big feast, everybody's laughing and smiling. But the song he wrote, he wrote in one of his darkest times. Little did he know the song would get picked up by Integrity Music. Don Moen would go on to record it. It's sung around the world. You could hum the melody of this song in Africa and people would know what song you're singing. You could hum this in Europe, in Australia. People would know. And it came from a man who's still alive today but blind in both eyes and he wrote this song. Give thanks with a grateful heart. Give thanks to the Holy One. Give thanks because He's given Jesus Christ, His Son. And now let the weak say, I am strong. Let the poor say, I am rich. Because of what the Lord has done for us, give thanks. He wrote a song about giving thanks. And many of us, we've lost that spirit of gratitude. He wrote a song about giving thanks to God, and, and I love those words, and now let the weak say I am strong let the poor say I am rich because Jesus became like us so that we can become like him no matter what you're walking through God has a song for every season of your life this is a different kind of sermon I usually don't preach with a guitar in my hands <laughs> but God has a song for every season that you're going through and many of us were choosing songs that really don't glorify God. Did you know the music you listen to puts you in a mood? You know, like at nighttime, we will sing to our children, me and Ashley, we'll turn on worship music. It helps our kids fall asleep, just that soft worship music. It helps Liam fall asleep. We got those sound machines. Music can put you in a mood. When Ashley and I first got married, we, I knew which songs to play to get her wanting to kiss me. Come on, married people, don't get all religious. Music puts you in a mood. Even as I was singing up here, you guys were getting just real peaceful. Because music puts you in a mood. Sorry, I just messed with your mood for a second. But here's the point. The songs you choose during the week will determine the mood that you carry during the week. So if you keep your radio station on 106.9 or country music, and some of these songs, I'm not saying you're going to hell for listening to like secular music, but what I'm saying is you can choose the mood that you're going to be in all through the week. You can become your own DJ. You can start listening to where I challenge you. I gave this challenge last night. I want to give it to y'all because I've seen what it's done in my life, what it's done in Ashley's life, what it's done in our family's life. I want to challenge you to seven days of praise, seven days of praise. Just try it for seven days, seven days. I want you to just worship God. Listen to praise and worship music. Just flip the switch on the devil. Just Find some worship music. It's, it's available online. We actually built a website for you at victory.com slash the worship series. And we've got worship songs you can listen to for free, songs you can play and get you in just that attitude of praise. We've got devotionals for you. Don't do it right now while I'm preaching. But after service, go to that victory.com slash the worship series. You will find so much. And there's videos about worship and what it does in your life, the benefits, the breakthrough of worship. How many of you will take that challenge to go seven days of only praise? Seven days. Okay. Seven days. There's not enough hands. I'm going to keep preaching. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm almost done. But listen to this. Worship changes the atmosphere in your home. Worship changes the atmosphere in your office place. You want to see the devil run from your finances? Flip the switch with some praise and worship. Flipped it. You heard Loretta's testimony. When Loretta began to worship, that bitterness of what her stepfather did to her mom, that memory of pain, of watching that happen, it began to flee. Every name has to bow at the name of Jesus. Cancer has to bow. Doctor's reports have to bow. Bankruptcy has to bow. 
the economy, everything has to bow. Stress has to bow to the name of Jesus. You know, I heard a story about this guy named John who was struggling with just feelings of regret. He had gotten married at a young age. He was a minister. He loved to, to just preach the gospel. He loved to worship Jesus. And he was traveling around ministering, met this beautiful girl. They got married at a real young age and things didn't work out. And, and, and their marriage just imploded. Things fell apart. She divorced him. And he just was so overwhelmed with, with feelings of regret, feelings of, of feeling like he failed as a husband. And he began to think, God, you can't use me. I, I've been divorced. God, what's going to happen to ministry in my life? He stopped ministering. He just, uh, he, he quit everything. He quit the friendships he had, the church he was going to, just feeling discouraged. But he said during that time, God began to tell him, stop magnifying your mistakes and start magnifying my mercy. Stop magnifying your mistakes and start magnifying my mercy. The mercy of the Lord is new every morning. If you feel like you've missed it, God can redeem you this morning. God can forgive you. God can heal you. You're not a failure. You're not a lost cause. God who started this work in you will be faithful to complete it. John started worshiping the Lord. He said, as I begin to worship God, the feelings of regret, the feelings of pain, the feelings of being, feeling like I failed, he said, it began to leave me. He said, then I ran into this beautiful girl named Dodie. And he said, Dodie was so sweet. And I started realizing, maybe God, you've got a plan for me. Maybe, maybe you've got a marriage for me that, that could be healthy. They were married for over 50 years before John Osteen went to be with the Lord. They started Lakewood Church. They had five children. Today, their son, Joel Osteen, is pastoring Lakewood Church. But it started when John flipped the switch on the devil and stopped magnifying his mistakes and started magnifying the mercy of God. Come on, give God praise this morning. Magnify. Oh, magnify the Lord. For he is worthy to be praised. Magnify the Lord in all circumstances. David said, your praise will continually be on my lips. So we can worship God at all times. There's never a non-opportune moment to worship God. This week, I challenge you in the middle of the day to just give praise to God. This week, I challenge you to flip the switch on the devil. I remember one time I, had, uh, I was in high school and I had come in from, uh, from spending the night at a friend's house and I walked outside. I, I had just got my car and I had all my stuff in my car. It was kind of dumb. I left my wallet in my car. I left my cell phone in my car. All my CDs, this was before iPods were invented or if they were, I didn't have one. And... Um, so CDs were like 15 bucks a CD and I had 200 CDs. So those were like, that was a lot and it was all in the front row seat of my car. Someone broke into my car, stole everything. They even stole my Bible. Who steals Bibles? But they stole my Bible, they stole my CDs, my wallet, my phone. They stole my stereo system. And man, I was so discouraged. I drove to the Victory weight room which by the way, praise God, the weight room has been getting re renovated this summer thanks to the Can You See It vision, getting the school ready for this upcoming year. But I drove up to the weight room and my friend AJ came out and he said, hey Paul, I got some bad news for you. And I said, come on man, this day couldn't get worse. I've already had all my stuff stolen. He said, well, you know the girl that you like and you're kind of dating but your parents won't let you date so you call it just friends. You know that girl? I said, yes, I know that girl. This was before I had met my beautiful princess, Ashley. But I was, I was liking this girl, and we were just friends, but we liked each other. And um, he said, well, she decided to dump you last night. She didn't tell you about it, but she's now going out with another guy. And I just fell on the ground. I said, naked I came into this earth, and naked I shall leave. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I literally said those words. I'm sorry, guys. I've come along. It's my testimony. I've come a long way. AJ picked me up. He said, bro, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. It's not the end of the world. And I said, yeah, yeah, you're right. The next day, Miss Friesman, my music teacher, she said, Paul, you're up to lead worship for the school. I want you to lead worship. I said, Miss Friesman, I, I can't lead worship. I, I don't feel like worshiping. I'm just, I'm, I'm upset. I'm angry. She said, that's the most important time to worship. That's the most important time to worship. I'm so glad for teachers 
and coaches and leaders that don't let teenagers and parents that don't let teenagers succumb to their emotions, but teach them how to worship Jesus in the middle of their emo situations. (laughs) And so I remember getting up and we sang that song, Heart of Worship. And man, something changed in my heart. God began to just work in in my life and, and I realized when one door closes, God's got something incredible down the road. The miracle was already in the house. Ashley Hope Doherty. Little did I know, one day I'd marry that queen right there. But I think about this. Maybe you've walked through a, a, a storm. Maybe you've had a closed door. And it sounds funny, but I believe that the best response is to worship. The best response you can have is just to worship Jesus, to say, God, I'm gonna keep praising you through it all. There's a girl from Hillsong. Two weeks before they were recording their album, she, was, she went into early labor at 23 weeks with her baby. And when the baby came out, it was a stillborn baby. She lost her child. And she had written this song, but she wasn't completely finished with it. It was gonna be on their album those, in, in the next two weeks after she had just birthed that stillborn baby. And she was so just grieving. But something in her spirit said, this is the time for you to worship like never before. This is the time for you to worship. We don't worship because of it. We don't worship in spite of it. We don't worship. We worship because God is still good in the middle of every circumstance. In all circumstances, God is good. If our theology is only limited to when our prayers get answered, that's not a very deep theology at all. If our worship is only intact when everything goes our way, that's not real worship. Worship in spirit and in truth is learning how to praise God when you least feel like it because that's when it really matters. When you're at home, when you're at work, doing whatever you do as an act of glory to God, giving it all you got. Wherever you're working right now, choosing to worship God in your workplace. Whatever the economy looks like, choosing to worship God at home. When you're getting stressed and you want to go and drink a bottle of of Jack Daniels instead, stopping from going there and getting on your knees and choosing to worship God. Instead of pulling out a cigarette because you're, you're stressed, choosing to pull out the Bible and give worship to God. Instead of pulling out that laptop to look at stuff you shouldn't look at, choosing to get on your knees and worship God. Letting worship be your first response instead of your last resort. Letting praise be your first response instead of your last resort. That girl, she got up on the stage that night at the worship recording and she sang her song, This is my song in the desert. That was the title of her song, the desert song. This is my song in the desert. When everything within me feels dry, I will give praise. I will give praise. No weapon formed against me shall remain. This is my song in the desert. She said, when I began to sing those lyrics at Hillsong, something broke inside of me. Where I had been depressed, where I had lost hope that we could have children, something changed. See, worship pulls you out of the dry places. Worship breaks what the enemy has tried to bring against you. I'll tell you one last story and then we're just going to end with the song of worship. Is that okay? There was a man by the name of Horatio Spafford in the late 1800s. And keys come on up. Horatio Spafford had five children. And one of his children, his son, at age two, died from a disease. I can't imagine that happening. I I, I don't even want to go there in my mind. But his little two-year-old toddler died from a disease at, at age two years old. Right after his son died, the Chicago fire hit and all of his investments and his business was right in the middle of that fire. He said, I lost everything. I was ruined financially. He said, right after that, I was sending my daughters and my wife over to Europe on a ship. I was gonna meet up with them on the next ship that would, that would embark out. They were going over there. We were looking potentially to start a, a ministry, a business over there in Europe. And he said, on the way, their ship collided with another ship. And it, and it sank. He said, all four of my daughters were lost. My wife sent a telegraph saying, saved alone. He said, I was heartbroken. We had lost all of our children, all of our business, all of our finances. He said, I was on the ship and I was going over there to meet my wife all alone on the other side in Europe. He said, as we were crossing over the ocean, 
we stopped by the place where that ship had sunk, where my four daughters had drowned in the ocean. And he said, when we were going over that area, these words started to come out of my heart. When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot, thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. It is well with my soul. It is well, it is well with my soul. He said, people tried to tell me after I wrote that song, but don't you know that was God's plan? but don't you know God caused that? He said, I wouldn't believe that junk for a minute. God wasn't the author of death. God wasn't the one who caused my, my daughters to be lost or my business to be lost or my son, but God sure knew how to bring peace in the midst of that storm. And he said, I felt the peace in my soul. It is well with my soul. It is well. He said, God began to give me and my wife a dream, a business, a ministry called The Overcomers. We went to Jerusalem, Israel. We started this ministry called The Overcomers. During World War I, when there was so much pain that was happening in Europe, he said, we were able to serve so, thousands of people. We had soup kitchens. We were ministering to Muslims. We were ministering to Jews, ministering to Christians, ministering to atheists. And he said, that name of our ministry literally took on life, The Overcomers. This morning, God's wanting you to tap into the heart of worship, that no matter what's going on in your life, you can always worship Jesus. I want you to stand your feet all over this room, and why don't we just sing those words just for a moment. I want you right now across this room just to let worship fill your lungs. Let worship fill your heart. Why don't you just close your eyes across this place and just focus on worshiping Jesus in this place. Let's sing that chorus again, Sam. Yeah, just sing it out. With my soul. It is well. It is well. And it is well. It is well. With my soul. With my soul. God's with you. He's working all things together for good. Flip the switch on the devil this morning. bowed, eyes closed. If you need God's strength and grace in this season that you're walking through, I want you to just lift your hand right now. The enemy's been trying to get you stressed, been trying to get you upset, been trying to get you all worked up, worried all week. Even this morning, maybe there's been strife, maybe there's just been depression, maybe there's been discouragement. The weapon against discouragement is worship. When David began to worship, the discouragement left his heart. 
this morning with hands raised I want you to just leave your seat come down to this altar right now God wants to lift your heart out of discouragement out of stress out of worry out of fear and into an atmosphere of worship into an attitude of worship I'll dismiss in just a few minutes but let's take a moment to just shift the atmosphere to flip the switch on the devil this morning get your power back by choosing to worship God through it all through it all it is well through it all and through it all and through it all my eyes are on you through it all Depression has to bow. Divorce has to bow. Depression has to bow. Discouragement, disappointment. In Jesus' name. God just spoke to me that there's a young person in here that's believing to go to ORU and the finances have not come in and you have been so stressed about how it's going to happen. Wherever you're at, I just want to pray for you. You don't have to raise your hand, but in Jesus' name, Lord, I just pray. You have the whole world in your hands. You are the Alpha and the Omega. You are Jehovah Jireh. Lord, I thank you that as we move from worry to worship, you are working all things together for good. If he's birthed a vision in your heart, he's going to bring that vision to pass. In Jesus' name, don't you worry. Don't you panic. God's got you. God's got you. Get your power back this morning. Get your power back this morning and just begin to worship him through it all, through it all. Someone who's walked through a divorce has been just wallowing in condemnation and feelings of failure. In Jesus' name, God is lifting you out of that shame. Someone who lost their job, someone who lost a loved one, and the devil's been beating you up, saying you could have done this, you should have done that. If you would have done this, stop it. In Jesus' name, you are set free from shame. You are set free from guilt. You are set free. As you begin to worship God, those lies from the enemy have to bow. Maybe you're here this morning and you say, Paul, I'm not right with God. I've not really surrendered my heart to him, but I want to do that. I want Jesus to be my Lord and Savior. Maybe he was at one time, but you left church, you left God. Maybe you're like Loretta. You've been 50% in, 90% in, but you're ready to go 100% in. If you need to surrender your life to Jesus Christ, Today's the day to do it. Don't wait till tomorrow. We're not promised tomorrow. Right here, right now. Say, yeah, I'm ready. I want Jesus to be my Lord and Savior. Just lift your hand across this room. Man, God loves you. Yes, sir. Anyone else? Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. Today. Yes, sir. All across this room, you're saying, yeah, I'm going all in 100% for Jesus. I want him to be my Lord and Savior. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Let's all pray this prayer. If you're watching online, make that decision right now. Let's say, Jesus, I surrender to you. I'm all yours. I repent of my sins. And I receive your forgiveness. You died on the cross. You rose from the dead. And I believe in you. Be my Lord and Savior. I choose to worship you no matter how I feel no matter what I'm going through I'm gonna worship you when the music fades I'm still gonna worship thank you Jesus
just be still just for a moment. This is the noise you're going to hear tomorrow morning. Are you still going to worship? This is the noise you're going to hear on Wednesday night, Thursday night, Friday night, after church. Will you still worship? How great is our God. Sing with me how great is our God and all will see how great how great is our God you're the name above all names you are worthy of all praise and my heart how great is our God I love you Lord and I lift my voice to It is the sweetest sound to God when you sing after the music fades. It is the sweetest sound this week. Don't be discouraged if you don't have a good voice. Don't be discouraged if you don't hit all the right notes or remember all the lyrics. Just take time this week when there's no music to just say, God, thank you. I worship you this week. I'm telling you, as you begin to worship God this week, you're going to see breakthroughs. I believe you're going to see miracles, and I want to hear about them. I want you to talk about them because God rides on your worship and your praise. How many received that word this week to take the worship challenge? Seven days of praise. Victory, you've got the victory. It's through your praise and worship this week to Jesus. You're going to see victory in your life. I love you. God bless you. I encourage you. Take this message into your car with you. Take this message into your office with you. Worship God throughout the whole week. Give God praise every day and every season. God bless you. Have a great week.